You're about to listen to an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio, which comes to you free every single week over on geekinthecity.com. If you enjoy helping us keep this show free, and I know you do, pop on over to patreon.com forward slash geekinthecity, where we have all kinds of levels that get you some fantastic awards and benefits. But if you can't help us out there, just please share this show over on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. And as always, our opening and closing theme brought to you by nerd rock group Megathruster. And now, let's get on with an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio. One, two, three, four! It's been a long, long week. Why don't you spend some time with geeks? So many issues a day into which we must delve. Talk about the stuff that makes you scream and shout. Hit the red alert, we're going more factor 12. Thanks for pressing play. Now we're gonna save the day. Alright! Uh, why, hello, and welcome to issue. 564 of Geek in the City Radio. I am one of your hosts, Aaron Duran. I'm one of your other hosts, Bina And I am your other host, Cable Hashitani. And our special guests this week are Greg and Lindsay from Building Character. Woo-hoo. Hello. Great to be here again. Yeah, what's up, everybody? Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Stop, stop boiling. Right? In the- <laughs> I like how literally, like, how's it all going? We're all like, oh, Chuck. Gestures vaguely at it's fine. It's fine. everything. Fine. I was late because I had too many things on my desk. Uh, <laughs> I just straightened my desk out. It feels fantastic. thought you were going to you had too many drinks on your desk. Like, I couldn't choose which one to suggest. <laughs> there are only two drinks on my desk, but there are uh, four herbal care packages. There's a little stash of snacks for an uh, upcoming road trip. And then there's wires everywhere because it's the camera and the headphones. And uh, I just couldn't get to my drink fast enough. Where's your road trip? Where are you going? Astoria. Oh, I thought you meant you were doing something before that. <laughs> no, no. It's only a two-hour. How much snacks do you need? Just two snacks. Enough, Aaron. Enough. They're like right okay. here because that's where there was a free spot. And then we like... still have to get cable of the Captain's booty with the Captain Crunch in it. Ooh. Yes, we do. Is that a? Is that the gross out? Where do we get that? No, I've actually seen it at QFC and stuff. Okay. God damn it! I was at Safeway yesterday and forgot to pick a bag up. Yeah, totally forgot. Other good news for those of you who go to Target. All the monster cereals are now there. Ah! Somebody might have had blueberry crunch for dinner. Oh, I'm trying not to give Target my money anymore. They don't? I said I'm trying not to give Target my money anymore. Yeah, well, they're the only ones that carry the cereal. Why are you not giving Target their me- your money? Uh, because they funnel money into hardcore right-wing groups. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah but well, they I just all do. Tar- I know. I'm trying they probably to probably do with the least amount. Yeah. Uh, I'm either like just kind of pushing for trying to buy local more often than not, or in a pinch, as long as they're a more eco-friendly option, which is why I have that uh, subscription to Grove that some of you guys 
also do. They yeah. try to be, they, they are at least plastic neutral and their like long-term goal is to become no plastics. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's, that's, that's why very crunch Wednesday uh, at Wendy's anymore. As I found out that the, you know, uh, Wendy, Wendy's CEO is a major Trump uh, donor and supporter. So I was like, you know what? Like your square patties, don't like them that much. Well, I mean, cutting out fast food is not a horrible thing anyway. Yeah. I wish I could say I'm doing that, but I'm not. I'm just not eating at Wendy's anymore. Specifically oh. them. Um, <laughs> I would say if I went to Wendy's once per year, that's a high, that's a high number. But I do have a late night weakness for Taco Bell. And they're mm. also on that list of donors. They're all, I mean, look, rich people are always going to pay to protect other rich people. Like, yep. that's just how it is. Some things will never change. I'm very blame musical today. I'm just warning you all. Okay. All right. So, fair. Everything will Here make we change. Because I started decorating for Halloween today, so that's why I'm happy. Hey. <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> Lindsay, how many days until Halloween? 60. 60. Oh. <laughs> I was waiting for her to say 364. <laughs> you have to wait. There's only 300. Come back around. I will. I have to wait 61 days before I can do that one. Yep. <laughs> How's it? Well, I already asked how everybody's doing, so. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, we all seem to be meh. Yeah. Yeah. Could be worse. Could be better. Uh, Sack says uh, in the chat, uh, no ethical consumption under late-stage capitalism except tipping strippers. Get yeah, behind that. Yeah. That's yes. true. Yeah. True. That does, ha- that is, yeah. I will, I will give that one. Well, yeah, it's all good old homegrown booty. Homegrown booty. <laughs> Man, really, everything I'm turning into a song. It's Very secret. weird. I, I, sorry, I was going to go somewhere else with the the tipping strippers thing is, uh, that was a a bit of news that came out recently. I know we're all doing things and I know that we're all trying to fight evil in whatever ways we can. Oh, is this the OnlyFans thing? We need to throw um, decriminalization of sex work onto the things that we're already doing. Yep. Like yeah, it, it just needs to happen. It does. You're absolutely right. And yes, yeah, it's because I mean, of the OnlyFans thing. Yeah, that yeah. Was, there's that, the whole like, well, they sell their body, blah blah blah. I'm like, you know what? Here's the thing. All labor is selling your body, exactly. right? <laughs> you try to convince me that when you like buy your right my writing, you're not getting a massive like part of what I myself have poured into it. It's just that you feel oogie about people selling bodies. And if that's the reason, at least fess up to it, but don't create some weird moral reason. I mean, you could argue that like being in the military is selling your body. You're literally putting your physical self in harm's way, you know, you know, quote unquote, to protect freedom, whatever, whatever you want to tell yourself. And they fucking glorify the shit out of that. And it's essentially the same thing. Yeah. The only difference is like one is for pleasure. One is for death. Right. predominantly women and one is not and the Mm -hmm. one that is predominantly women everyone wants to control yeah yeah Yeah. that's what it really is yes it's always the fucking patriarchy renting your body to the government to do with what they wish 
Yeah. And my body's ruined now. It's been in steady decline since I was 22. Yeah, should have gone into stripping. I probably should have. <laughs> back when I had a body for it. Damn it. See? Yeah. Choices. You know what? This is Portland. You could still, you know what? You know, sure. mm-hmm. you could do I'm, it. I'm, yes, if I really wanted to, I could I could still get cash for some TNA. It's a lot of hard work, though. Like, those are, they're. You have to do your own marketing. You have to do all your own financial, you know, yeah. issue, uh, your money. You have to do all your own money. You have to do your own accounting. Yes, thank you. Since yeah. real life is not like that movie Night Shift with uh, Michael Keaton and um, uh, the Fonz. Henry uh, Winkler. Henry, Henry Winkler. Have you, ever, have you guys seen Night Shift? No. Mm-hmm. So it's like, this is a weird tangent. It's like an early to mid-80s movie. I think it was like Michael Keaton's first major film. And like, they both work the Night Shift at a city morgue. But Henry Winkler is like a burned out like Wall Street guy. So he needs a job that has no stress. So he works the night shift at a morgue. And Michael Keaton is this guy that's always trying to come up with like weird ideas because he's a wannabe entrepreneur. So like one of the things he has, he's like, you buy tuna fish in the can and then you have to take the mayonnaise and you've got to make it yourself. What if you just put the mayonnaise in the can and that's how you bought it? No, wait. And he always has a tape recorder. He's like, feed mayonnaise to tuna fish. Click. <laughs> but then one day i don't remember how it happens but like one day like they run into like a couple of a uh, couple of prostitutes and i think because like the it's a pimp thing or whatever and they wind up becoming friends with them and henry winkler is like he asked he asked the women like how much they make you know and like how much does the pimp take and winkler's character goes into full like investment investor mode and he's like well like we could become like your quote pimps or whatever, but we'd only take like 5%, like a usual, like stock, like a, like an investor's fee and we'll help you build portfolio. Like he literally builds up like portfolios and they start to buy their own houses and they're able to like buy group health insurance. But then like, you know, the like, pimps and cops all find out that it's, it's a weird wacky comedy and it's an 80s comedy. So there's gratuitous boob shots fucking everywhere. But the movie is actually legitimately really charming. And it's all about, yeah, he, you know, and he gets all stressed out all over again because he ends up making so much more money again doing this. And he's like, I can't do this anymore. It's a cute movie. <laughs> yeah. Tangent. Night shift. You should look for it. Good tangent. I'll look into it. Yeah. Oh, that's, uh, that's very relatable. The idea that, uh, to me anyway, the idea that like, oh, you get into something to like take the pressure off, but yeah. you're always going to be yourself and your instincts are always going to kick in. And he turned it into this machine like he always does. Right. And, uh, and then he's in the same boat as ever where he's just responsible for everything. Right. So yeah, yeah. The other selling points to this movie is it's a Ron Howard movie. Oh, shit, oh. it is? Oh, that's right. Okay. Um, and the lead prostitute that they, they become friends with, which is why they turn the morgue into a brothel. Um, that's right. I is, forgot. Yeah. Is Shelley Long. Oh, I love Shelley Long. Oh. Wow, and how do I not know about this movie? Because it's a Ron Howard movie, Clint Howard is in the movie. Yes. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 1982. Yeah, it's it was. I remember it being like super charming. Like, I think when I first watched it, I was just excited because like, oh, it's a movie about prostitutes. That means I'm going to see a lot of boobies. <laughs> and you do. And I probably would have been like way too early to watch that movie. But years later, I rediscovered it. I'm like, wait, this is actually really charming. And 
is kind of interesting to read about and stuff or you know watch it sounds like a better version of dr detroit yeah i could see that or a more uh, earnest version right. of dr detroit but yeah anyway cable if you want to tell people like the thing with only fans like if you want to do the quick oh yeah for people who haven't heard okay or people uh, don't even maybe know what only fans is so OnlyFans is a platform where you can make money by connecting with people who are fans of work that you do. Um, a lot of that work is adult in nature, but that is not solely what that platform is designed for. Um, hmm? uh, have some yeah, a lot of cosplay. That's what oh, yeah. Cosplay community. I'm guessing Huge. it's a highly visual platform. Yes. It's uh, the thing that uh, helped popularize it is Instagram's um, weirdly puritanical uh, algorithms that don't let you post anything that could be construed as offensive, and by which I mean women's nipples. Right. Um, But the... So... OnlyFans also has a feed and you can follow people. You can either subscribe to their page, their paid subscriptions and there are free subscriptions. It just depends on how people set them up. Um, a lot of people that have free subscriptions will do um, pay-per-view. So they'll do extra content that you can pay for as you go. It's like, Oh, I'll pay $10 for that. Or I'll pay $30 for that. Um, Bella Thorne, uh, who, who is a, uh, an actress, uh, Hollywood actress, um, jumped on OnlyFans, um, promised a nude photo, f- set up an OnlyFans account, and then promised a nude photo pay-per-view for $200. Um, made, made a billion dollars. Yes. How much? A million. One, no. one, one million dollars. Yes. One million dollars. Uh, that's um, crazy. And okay. then it turned out to be a, uh, uh, not a Sam. nude. It wasn't actually a nude, so everyone was pissed off and asked for their money back. And that is that is what has caused the problem, is OnlyFans was not set up to react to this in any way, shape, or form in, in a, that's helpful. Because everyone demanded their money back, right? Yes. So the OnlyFans... Uh, OnlyFans, uh, their their policy is if you get scammed, we will reimburse you. Mm-hmm. But they set up to deal with someone scamming on such a huge level. Yeah. Uh, so now they have instead put restrictions on how much uh, people can be paid in single, uh, tipped and paid in single increments, um, down to fifty dollars and a hundred dollars. And that has negatively impacted all of the sex workers, everyone on OnlyFans, but specific, but uh, very specifically the sex workers who were like, well, fuck this. And also, <laughs> this is- so you can only um, get paid, like take out once a month. Oh, yeah. It used, yeah. To be, it used to be weekly. Yep. Yeah. And I don't know if you've ever had to like switch a job where you went from a weekly paycheck to suddenly a monthly paycheck, but that, that is shit's a- hard. 
Mm-hmm. If you yeah. haven't, if you are at an income level where you live paycheck to paycheck, fuck Which yeah, that'll ruin. That'll, yeah, that is a That's... huge throttling of of your. You know, I'm going to assume in a lot of these cases, the primary, if not only, source of income. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially during a pandemic where everyone is supposed to be at home. I, you know, I actually, it's like, I think I joked with some friends about this a few months ago. But you know, you you live in Portland, the odds of you having strippers as friends is pretty high. Or at least having a few acquaintances that that their primary job was stripping, but when COVID shut all that down, I think I joined like eight different OnlyFans, like at their base level, like for like one ninety nine a month, because they're all people I know, and I don't see them in the clubs ever, but I know what they do, and I'm like, here, here's some income. It's not much, but this sucks that you could no longer do your job. Yeah, and then I felt you know odd. I was like, oh, my friend's boobs. Yeah, but that's uh, yeah, that's a that's a different discussion. That's a me thing. That's not a. <laughs> but it's not just a you thing. <laughs> but it can be a different discussion for a different day. Sure. Um, so overall, that's that's what happened with only OnlyFans and the well, thing that no one's going to champion um, the cause of sex workers except people who are sex workers. Yeah. And that's that's Dude, what it comes down to. If you aren't one, then you're a pervert. Right. You know? yeah. That's that's the Well and she also tried to create a movie deal out of it too. Oh, did she? I didn't hear about that. I just Yeah, know. and she actually like she named a filmmaker and then he got put on blast and he's like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. I've never Yeah, he came out and said, This is one hundred percent bullshit. I have never yeah. had these conversations. It's like I've had conversations with Bella. We've never agreed to do this, and I'm sure as hell not doing anything with her now. Yeah, because apparently he, he has been working on a documentary for a few years about yeah. people who make a living through like OnlyFans or many vids or whatever. So she just was like, "Well, I'll work with him," and he's like, "Whoa, no!" Oh, yeah. well, I actually had oh. not heard of her before this. Uh, she Me either. That I would know. So apparently, um, she's like an old, an old. She used to be like. A, uh, like a Disney TV star. That's yeah. what it is. She was a fucking Disney kid. Yeah, she was a Disney kid. They're all real fucked up. Um, yes, because they become adults, and as soon as they hit eighteen, everyone wants to see them naked. Right. It's like that's wh- the thing. That's why? Weird. Yes, it is. Like yeah, it's usually... the same thing that happened with Lindsay Lohan. It's the same thing that happened with Britney, Britney Spears. Spears. Um, Although usually they only hurt Gomez. themselves. They're not like wrecking things for entire it communities. Turns out with Britney Spears, it's her dad. Yeah. yeah been yes following that, no. that shit show, geez. Um, like, I... Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't want to, like, make excuses for anything that Lindsay Lohan that's done, that has done in her life that's shitty to other people. But we as a public also, like, latched onto that train wreck and wanted more information for it. And Bella Thorne is the same way. She's a, She's... She is who she is, um, and I don't think that that's good or bad or ne- the other, but I also don't care about her because I didn't watch whatever Disney show that she was on when she was, right. uh, you know, 11 and then right. followed her career until she became of legal age because gross. Because <laughs> you're not one of those guys? No. no. Fucking, I remember no. back when that's I worked on I radio. you. <laughs> Remember when I back when I worked on radio, one of the radio DJs like would always tell people about the Olsen twins countdown website that was really, really messed up. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I, another, another aspect of that is like, I've, you know, been reading on Twitter and stuff, other, other people's accounts that are weighing in and are like, you know, that community is like, here's someone who is not part of our community, who's well off, who didn't need to do, didn't need to come onto this site, didn't need to do this, but like waded into our world, shat on everything and then flounced away and they're going to be fine. She's going to be fine. She's not, mm-hmm. she's not, she doesn't need OnlyFans. She doesn't care about OnlyFans. There's no repercussions. I feel like she should pay back all of those people that wanted the money, not not the OnlyFans, uh, you know, business. It should be right. Bella Thorne paying them back. Absolutely. That was, that was my takeaway, is like, why yeah. is the platform essentially – punishing all of the other people who use the platform appropriately for the actions of one person who, you know, I'm going to say did it knowingly. You don't accidentally, or like you can't misunderstand the concept of nude versus not nude, yeah. especially when like you're teasing it to like garner sales and attention. That was, that was the one thing that really, really didn't make sense to me is why, why is this the reaction that OnlyFans is taking? Right. Uh, because they're a company. And they have to take the the way companies seem to think is we have to take the lo- the uh, path of the lowest common denominator that's going to not get us sued. Every company seems to operate under kindergarten rules. One person mm-hmm. does it, so the whole class gets punished. Yeah, that's yep. Which kind of seems to be how America handles everything. Yeah. Except, uh, except except gun reform. I always used to say, like, oh, well, one person did something stupid, and now we have to have this stupid rule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, as a culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We started off nice and grumpy now. <laughs> uh, well, before we get rolling into building character... <clears throat> um, this is still D&D related. We talked about it a little bit before we went live. Uh, Wizard of the Coast has an amazing new uh, hardback supplement coming out. Comes out, what, late August or late, uh, late autumn? Or is it late or uh, yeah. early winter? It's coming out in November. Oh, November. Okay. Yeah. Um, That's why we're taking pre-orders for it now, Aaron. Yes, I, I know. <laughs> I literally read the article like two hours before you texted me. And I was like, hey, so I'm going to hit you up anyway. Um. The book is called. Anybody know offhand without me looking it up? Uh, Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and for those D and D nerds that recognize that name, it is yes, that's Tasha of Hideous Laughter. Mm-hmm. Um, I, for, I forgot within the lore of D and D because she's not often written about, which sucks. I forgot how strong she is in like the Greyhawk setting. Like you don't yep. mess with her. And she's kind of a, like, if D&D ever actually had, like, a true neutral spellcaster, it's her. She kind of plays all the angles, as it were. <laughs> yep. She's, she's been, she's been the hero in some stories, the villain in others. She's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a very, like, she's the author of the uh, uh, Demonomicon. Um, and so bad. Uh, and all sorts of all sorts of uh, uh, that ties everywhere. She, she there's there's a whole like story of a love affair with Grazit, the demon prince. Uh, 
and and uh, he was bound by her. She bound him, uh, like you know, had like a uh, uh, actually captured a demon prince, which is like not nothing. At no, that's all. pretty metal. That's some pretty metal shit. Uh, yeah, she's pretty rad, and uh, you know, I'm while I'm I'm not like super stoked on on the name of the book because we already had xanathar's guide to everything and like from what i know tasha doesn't isn't like super well known for her cauldron but like she is the the witch queen so like right. i see parallels there right. um it's it's the the contents they're in are going to be really <clears throat> cool it's a yeah it's a big um a, a, a big guide that will help players and and um, DMs alike. Yeah, and it, it seems like it's the first full book that's going to incorporate a lot of the social changes that Wizards of the Coast has been working into D&D. Yeah. Like all the odd or problematic racial stuff is being yep. thrown out. This is the first time they're trying it. And it, from also what I've read, like there's going to be elements where you can kind of just build any kind of class you want. It's uh, It's super exciting. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a structure that will give you more autonomy on like what what bonuses you have. They're gonna they're gonna decouple the bonuses from like the racial traits so that um, you don't you know feel like oh you know I'm I'm a I'm a dwarf so I'm only ever gonna have a plus two to my constitution even if like maybe I. <laughs> was raised by elves and are like in the nimblest, you know, little, little spring Jack flea of a, a dwarf, uh, <laughs> you know, so that's cool. Be yeah. Like to... one of the examples I read was like, say you want to play an elf, but you really don't want to do the whole, like, I'm good with a long sword and a bow and I'm super swift. Like, what if you want to play an elf? It was like, I wanted to always test the endurance of my body and so I was always fasting and going out into extreme environments and making my body more and more hardy. And like, all right, then give yourself the con bonus. Like, you don't have to do this anymore. You know, so yeah. it's super exciting. So that's cool. They're going to have 22 new sub races or subclasses, oh. I mean. Um, uh, so 22 new subclasses. So basically, like, anything. like Basically, like, building I'm... character will never end. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which is excellent, but uh, but it's also um, like if if you've looked at any subclass that has gotten a revision in the last year, there's a good chance it's going to go into uh, into this book. So that's very exciting. Um, the uh, psychic and psionic stuff will pro- probably make its way in there, which is exciting. I think they said it's going to be in there. Yeah. 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 The only downside to a book like this is it always makes you want to do like a reset on a campaign. Like, I, I want to work it all in now. <laughs> Dang it. Yeah. Um, they also have uh, sidekicks like fully fleshed out, which is something that was available in the D&D Essentials kit, which I never looked through because um, it was kind of like a, it was kind of marketed as like, hey, here's something for new players. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, the the sidekicks are are like simplified classes. So there's like the the, the warrior, the 
expert and the caster or something, and it's just like more basic. But the cool thing is that it's also a little more inviting to new players who like maybe haven't played before and are just like, and you're like, all right, well, you can you can join our campaign and you can be a sidekick character uh, until you like get the feel of things, and then you can turn that expert into a fully flushed out rogue, or you can turn that warrior into a fully flushed out fighter class. Um, or that, that like a, warrior a well. kind of situation. Yeah. yeah. Dip your toes in and, you know, or like if you don't have, if you're not sure you can commit to being there every single week for a game, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that's something more your speed, but you still want to hang out or. Yeah. It just gives you, it gives you a little bit more flexibility in um, your time and, and how much energy you put into it. And then when you're ready, if you're ready, you can bring that up and, and uh, slot it really easily. I could also see it being used as potential one shots where you're like, all right, we're going to play the scrappy villagers where like something bad's happened in town. And you're like, you three were picked. You drew the lots. Okay, yeah. we're gonna go fight the like the goblin. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I could also see it really well in that sense for like foreshadowing for like a game. Uh, like, all right, here's this town, and you're playing these characters, and like, you know, maybe uh, you're going up against a giant or something, and then everyone is wiped out, and then as your as your actual heroes, you roll in through this town, being like, what happened? But the players actually played the villagers that you know are now dead you get to play the sad prologue yeah exactly (laughs) there's a lot of really fun opportunities uh for um for that i'm i'm really excited about that as an option and there's gonna be more um magic items like in xanathar's guide they had a whole list of common magic items in this book there's going to be uh, a new list of uncommon and rare magic items um and artifacts so like the demon omicron is going to be in there as well they they mentioned that already right so i'm excited for more more toys to throw in a campaign yeah i'm super pumped for it for sure mm. <clears throat> um yeah so that's uh that's definitely something that i'm pumped about so a lot of good things happening in D and D right now, so I feel and now, like, and, uh, that, and that's that's. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, oh, okay. I was just gonna say now that it's September, that means Rhyme of the Frost Maiden is gonna come out, and that's that like horror. Uh, 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 in, the thing, John Carpenter's The Thing inspired. Ooh. Uh, uh, it's not a, that, that's that's coming out like. 14 days or something. Oh, it means I got to stop by Guardian Games soon. Uh-oh. You're, you're signed up for that one, too. Oh, yeah. No, I know. Yep. <laughs> no, the only one I canceled was the uh, Curse of Stride Revisited because I caved and bought that big-ass wanky version. I can't wait to see that. I can't yep. wait either. <laughs> it's going to come with a giant wall map of Barovia, and I, I don't know where I'm oh, going to wow. put it. It might end up just going in my living room. Next to my map of Castlevania. Oh, wait, yes. Oh my God, it'll be just nothing but fictional vampires on my wall. Got Nosferatu, Castlevania, and Barovia. Oh, in heaven. So, there's a there's a side question for you. Why has no one 
I think we've talked about this before. <clears throat> Why has no one done a, a Castlevania RPG or at oh. least a Castlevania setting for D&D 5e? I don't know. I have Other than to... rights. Right. Uh, yeah. Rights. I would imagine that the reason no one has done even a crappy one would be rights. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's... Yeah, that one... I tried actually, I think, like in high school, I tried to write like a short Ravenloft style Castlevania adventure. Mm-hmm. And the thing I learned is you can't write a D&D adventure to operate just like a video game because, you know, in a role-playing game, you can't use a whip to take out a skeleton with one strike. Like that's, <laughs> and at the time I wasn't thinking, I was like, it's going to be just like the video game. And I'm like, well, that doesn't <laughs> work. <laughs> um <laughs> There's actually a lot of games that video games that would make decent RPGs. Like, There's just a new uh, a new Hellboy RPG was just announced a week or two ago. Right. Oh. Yeah, I know that one. I missed that. That's because it's on Kickstarter and it's funded by 500% on day one. Jesus. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean... It's still going, isn't it? It's Hellboy. Yeah, it is. It's yes, like on yeah. day 18. Or it's got 18 days to go. Now I, I hear about these things because it's like, eh. yeah, no, I saw it too. But it's one of those ones that I will wait until I actually see it, like in a store, because mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know a whole lot about the company, Mantic Games. Mm-hmm. Mantic's all right. Yeah, they're they're not they're not awful. Um, all right, they've made some solid games. I believe Kings of War is their. Um, tabletop miniatures game which people seem to enjoy uh, okay i mean it's not warhammer 40k but nothing is <clears throat> right warhammer 40k is the 800 pound gorilla in the room of tabletop miniature games and it's <laughs> always going to be it's always going to be yeah. yeah yeah games workshop knows what they're doing and has been doing it well for a long time i i don't i wouldn't agree that they've been doing it well the entire time <laughs> um okay. But they, they I, I, will, to... I will admit, uh, you know, miniature wargaming is not exactly my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. So I will, I will concede to. It, it's interesting because when I started working at Guardian, they were going through a huge um, shift at the top, where they were like firing people and hiring new blood. This is like we're not making the money that we should, and we're not connecting with the our customer base the way we should be. Because we're we're games workshop, everybody should be playing Warhammer, and like I think one of the the key components of that is there was a less than a two year period between seventh edition Warhammer and eighth edition Warhammer. Yeah, yeah, that and that was they're like, oh, we're gonna ditch everything in seventh edition because that's all bullshit. We're making eighth edition. It's like, but we've barely put it out. We don't care. We need to fix this, and we're fixing it now. Wow! Um, ninth edition just roll, started rolling out, <clears throat> and it's rolling out in a way where it's like, here are the new models that you need for this particular faction. Here's everything else that you need for all the models you already have. So they do kind of at least make it slightly backwards compatible. Yes, that's because that's an expensive hobby to have to re up every couple of years. Oh my! God. Oh yeah, and they will still spend that money. I, I know. They're like, oh, well, new additions out. I'm going to go and buy new Space Marines. It's like, I've seen your Space Marine army. Why are you getting a new one? Cause well, because 
I like the new models. They're cool. It's like, okay. Like the, the faction that they redid, reskinned the entire thing was the Necrons, which is the undead faction. Right. And they haven't had a good uh, tune up since I think seventh edition. So it, it it's like, here's the one that we're focusing on. And now we're like, okay, so I can buy these new models because they are new and they, they're better looking than the old sculpts. Right. Cool. I got you. Yay. So yeah, there it is. Well, this is the perfect spot to take a quick break and thank all of our wonderful sponsors. First up, Guardian Games. They have been our longest sponsor, and they are quite simply one of the country's greatest game stores of all time. Don't believe me? Go there for yourself. 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. Um, if some of the D&D stuff you hear us talking about tonight sounds like a lot of fun, then get down there to Guardian Games and place in your order now for Rhyme of the Frost Maiden and uh, Tasha's Guide to Everything in Her Cauldron. I just went blank on the total name of that. Anyway, uh, yeah, check it out. And, you know, we're coming up on the, the creepy time of year, and there are a ton of horror-themed games, or and, and not just like, oh, it's a monster. Like, they have created, like, you know, escape room in a box games. Um, you know, name the, you know, like murder mysteries. They have all that stuff. Um, not that we're all hosting many parties these days, I guess. But for when we can, go to Guardian Games, 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. And when you're there, thank them for sponsoring Geek in the City Radio. And then next up, of course, is Bridge City Comics. They have been a longtime friend and sponsor of the show. You want to go check them out over at 3725 North Mississippi Avenue here in Portland, Oregon. Uh, if you've got some um, some Dogman fans in your family and you just might have that, the new Dogman hardcover graphic novel just came out and they have got a bunch of them there in stock. There's also, um, you know, when you first walk in, there's that graphic novel section, like the new releases. On the other side of that is a collection of used graphic novels. So if something sounds interesting, but you don't feel good enough to pay, you know, full cover price for it, you want to dip your toes, check out some of the stuff over on that used graphic novel section. That is a great way to find out titles that you've maybe never heard of. Um, they are still doing some shipping, but they are doing in-store pick. You know, you can go in-store now. As always, you must be masked up, as everyone needs to be. So, um, yeah, get over there. Get to Bridge City Comics. And when you're there, through your mask, thank them for sponsoring Geek in the City Radio. Uh, and as always, a big shout-out to RevNat, who's not only fighting the good fight on the damn near a nightly basis on the streets of Portland... He has also provided us with the equipment, so this show sounds good while we all record in our separate homes and residences and basements and, and whatnot. So um, not only does he produce some fine adult beverages, but uh, he's also, uh, you know, fighting to bring some justice to this city and country and uh, microphones to us nerds. So thanks a lot, Revnat. And then, you know, before we take off there, just a quick little shout out, show some love to Asylum over on in a, on a Hawthorne across the Baghdad Theater. They have limited hours now. I picked up some presents for my lovely bride from a few weeks ago, and she adores them. So they have all kinds of stuff at Asylum, so check them out also. And with that, let's get back to the show. Well, 
Is this a good time to roll right into building character? Yeah. I think so. All right. Ready? Imagine, imagine Dwarven Metal right now. Like, that's right. Don't you yeah. put it in post? <laughs> yes, I could. I could do it right here. Fantastic. <laughs> All right. It's a new installment of Building Character with Greg and Lindsay. And this week it is... Sorcerers. Sorcerers. <laughs> Magic time. Yeah. Sorcerers. These savvy spellcasters sojourn into strange sanctums, seeking story treasures and scintillating secrets from slimy sepulchers. Spinning spells to suit their situations, sorcerers see magic not as something to slog over inside a stuffy study, but instead a singularity that shines within their souls. Let's oh my god. Well done. Thank you. Stupendous. <laughs> Stupendous. <laughs> Splendid. I know. Sat- satisfying. <laughs> Super. Greg, I feel like you need to send me these write-ups so I can at least put them in the comments whenever we post a new show. <laughs> I feel like they're wasted if you only just get to hear them. <laughs> so this class, in my opinion, gives the players the most options for why they have magic, why they are magical. Uh, while a wizard and bard are studying magic, and the warlock, the cleric, and the druid are gaining magic from higher powers, the sorcerer has magic because reasons. <laughs> oh. The- that makes these sense. Re- yeah. These reasons can be reflected in your origin, which we'll get into in a moment. But uh, the sheer potential as to why you do magic is pretty amazing. Uh, you could have been born during the height of a major magical confluence, or you could have been sneezed on by a dragon. Uh, because few sorcerers share the same situation that brought upon their magical inclination, you are unique among your peers. And depending on the setting... That could even make you a liability. Ooh, built-in backstory for the win. Yes. Um, So, here are the first level facts. Uh, Sorcerers begin with six hit points and must roll a d6 while leveling up. You're as squishy as they come, so as a sorcerer, every hit point counts. Don't make constitution your dump stat. Uh, You have a handful of weapon proficiencies, daggers, darts, slings, light crossbow, and quarterstaff. So most of these are finesse or ranged weapons, so having a solid dexterity score will help with your AC and with your weapon attacks. Your proficiency bonuses are added to your constitution and your charisma. Con is important for resisting all kinds of monsters' effects, like poison, uh, and also maintaining concentration spells. Charisma saving throws are less useful, but super important if you're playing in a campaign with a lot of ghosts or umberhulks. However, charisma, don't count it out. Um, That is the ability that your magic keys off of. So this needs to be fairly high um, if you want to be a a capable caster. Now, if you don't want to be a capable caster, if that's your thing, go ahead and futz with it. But moving on, in that vein... I like the idea of being the inept sorcerer. Oh, it's so much. <laughs> I had one in, in one of the campaigns that I was running. It was a blast. Yeah. Um, yeah, literally. So yeah, spell casting. The best part of being a sorcerer. 
So sorcerers begin the game with the most cantrips of any class. Um, you continue to gain them as you level up. Um, so you get to pew, pew, pew to your heart's content with all sorts of little annoying things. It's great. Uh, let's see. This effect is offset. Or this is offset by having fewer spells uh, known just like out of the gate. And you only learn a single new spell a time, uh, at a time as you uh, level up. So a little bit of a trade-off, but um, man, you could do some serious shenanigans with just some some cantrips. Right. Uh, standout feature uh, that defines a sorcerer is their origin, like Greg was talking about. Um, what imbued you with the magic that you possess? Um, there's some options uh, provided in the Player's Handbook and Xanathar's Guide, um, and they each give the sorcerer two distinct abilities uh, at first level. So first you get wild magic, which is actually my favorite because it's just kooky dukes. Um, So a wild magic sorcerer is fit to burst with raw magic. Uh, Maybe you or your parents were were exposed to the roiling power of elemental chaos through a planar portal, uh, or perhaps you're a complete anomaly searching for why you have magic at all. Um, At first level, you gain the wild magic uh, surge ability. Uh, which allows you to roll a d20 after casting a first level spell. If that roll is a one, you then roll on the wild magic surge table. Uh, in that table, there are 50 options uh, that will augment, distort, or otherwise alter uh, the spell that you just cast. Um, whatever happens, it is bound to be interesting. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. Some of them will just make you green, you know? And uh, if that, those 50 won't do it for you, there are a ton of wild magic uh, tables all over the internet so that just get crazy with it. I saw someone tweet one time that they had rolled their one and they're like, well, I guess I spend the rest of the day as a plant. Yep. <laughs> um, yep. That is one. You, become, you instantly become a potted plant. <laughs> uh, my wild magic sorcerer... It wears uh, off. Get better. <laughs> in my game... Um, she rolled her one, and uh, I was using an online table, and um, everybody present, every living creature present, ended up with a numerical tattoo somewhere on their body. In order, uh, triple digit, and she got to choose the, the number that it started with, but that wasn't the one that was on her. And so it was like... And she got, got to choose the location. Of where that tattoo appeared, didn't she? Did she? I can hardly yeah. remember now. But... I would put a number three fifty-two on my left butt cheek if I had the option. Okay, so they were all on the left butt cheek, but yeah, and it was <laughs> every living being. So it was all of the everybody in the caravan, all the bandits, the it horses, was, the horses, every every creature in the area. Um, so yeah, lots of really fun stuff you can do with that. Um, you also gain the ability Tides of Chaos, uh, which allows you to gain advantage on an attack roll, saving throw, or ability check of your choice. So afterwards, um, you cast uh, your first level spell or higher, and then your DM will make you uh, roll on that wild magic table immediately. Um, and then you can regain the use of that spell. So the use of that spell. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's, so that, the, the play style for the Wild Magic Sorcerer is kind of like, kind of a, uh, uh, 
you're 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 playing with chaos. You're playing with fate, uh, and uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, the next origin is called the Draconic Bloodline. Now, your innate magic comes from Draconic magic. Perhaps one of your ancestors was a dragon disguised as a humanoid. Perhaps a blood pact was made and magic bloomed within your family tree every few generations. Whatever the cause, you have a tie to Draconic magic. The two abilities you begin with are Dragon Ancestor and Draconic Resilience. Dragon Ancestor gives you a leg up when conversing with dragons, as well as determining what sort of dragon your ancestor was, which gives you other bonuses later on in the class. Draconic Resilience gives you a boost to hit points and an increase to your AC due to the dragon-like scales that appear on parts of your body. The next origin is called the Divine Soul Sorcerer. This origin ties you to something celestial, like an angel, or perhaps your birth was during a prophetic event, and now you're linked to the gods. This origin allows you to learn spells from the cleric class using the ability Divine Magic. You also gain the Favored by the Gods ability, which allows you to add 2d4 uh, to a failed saving throw or missed attack roll, possibly changing the outcome. This class creates some really interesting possibilities, especially when uh, metamagic is factored in. <laughs> I'll be more on the metamagic uh, later. Yes. Uh, so the, the next one is uh, shadow magic. So perhaps you live near an opening to the Shadowfell and were altered by its glooming energies. Uh, perhaps, like the dr- Draconic Bloodline, uh, you can trace your lineage to something that called that plane home. Um, whatever the origin, you are now channeling uh, magic from there. Uh, so you gain Eyes of the Dark, uh, which is superior dark vision, um, and with added benefits as you level up. And then um, an otherworldly ability called uh, Strength of the Grave. I love this. Um, you can convert an attack that would drop you to zero hit points to instead drop you to one hit point. Little, little boost. Awesome. Yeah. Um, there's uh, also storm sorcery. Um, your magic is thanks to the raw power of elemental energies. Um, perhaps you were born during a magical tempest, or uh, maybe your great great grandmother was a powerful djinn. Whatever the reason, the magic of the storm now surrounds you. Uh, your first level feature includes Wind Speaker, which allows you to know the uh, primordial language and all its dialects, um, and also uh, Tempestuous Magic, uh, which is an ability that gives you limited flight after casting a first level spell or higher. Yeah. Uh, at level two, you're able to tap into a wellspring of magic within yourself. This ability, Font of Magic, gives you access to sorcery points, a kind of arcane currency that you can use to cash in and gain additional spell slots. Also, as a bonus action, you can expend a spell slot to instead gain a number of points back. You begin with two and gain another point at each level. These points become more important when we move into the last major feature of this class, metamagic. And metamagic is the ability to break the rules that other spellcasters are bound to. Hmm. You begin with two metamagic options at third level, and for a while, that's all you get. But what are these rule-breaking options, I hear you ask, Cable? Well, don't you worry. <laughs> I'm about to tell you. 
the first is called Careful Spell. Um, you can protect creatures that would be forced to make saving throws against a spell you just cast. By spending one sorcery point, a number of creatures equal to your charisma modifier automatically succeed their saving throw. Uh, so you can cast a fireball with all your buddies in there and they automatically succeed their, their saving throw. You no longer have to worry about melting your barbarian. Exactly. Uh, distant <laughs> spell is another one. When you cast a spell with a range of five feet, uh, at least five feet, using one sorcery point will double that range of your spell. If you cast a spell that has the range of touch, spending a sorcery point will make that spell distance uh, 30 feet. Empowered spell. Uh, when you roll damage for a spell, you can spend a, spor- a sorcery point to re-roll a number of dice up to your charisma modifier but you must use the new results. This metamatic option can also be used even if you've used a different option when casting the spell. Normally, you can only augment a spell in one way. This breaks that rule. Uh, The next one is called Extended Spell. For one sorcery point, double the duration of a spell to a maximum duration of 24 hours. Uh, Heightened Spell uh, is you use three sorcery points to impose disadvantage on a creature to resist the effect of a spell. Quickened spell, uh, you use two sorcery points to change the casting time of a spell from one action to one bonus action. Very handy. Uh, Subtle spell gives you uh, the ability to spend a point to cast the spell without semantic or verbal components. So when you would normally have to like wave your hands around or speak, uh, allowed to cast a spell, this uh, removes that necessity. Uh, and finally, twin spell, uh, when a spell only targets one creature and does not have the range of self, you can spend a number of sorcery points equal to the spell's level to target a second creature in range with the same spell. If you're using a cantrip, you still have to spend one sorcery point. So that's like a whole pile of things to choose from. What do you choose? What do you do? Right. Um, If you want to do like the most damage in the least amount of time, you would choose a quickened spell and empowered spell. Uh, They're really solid for dishing out a lot of damage uh, in one round real quick. Go. Uh, If you're playing for a game that calls for more intrigue, um, distance spell and subtle spell will keep them guessing like where the spells are coming from, which is a lot of fun. Um, if you want tactical advantages on battlefield, um, twin spell and careful spell would be the best choice for you. Again, don't melt your barbarian. Very handy. They can take it. <laughs> Wait, I have a quick question. Yeah. You, uh, so you said um, if you wanted to be sneakier, you would use distance spell. And yeah. so I'm reading it, and it says you can double the range, which I just mean, like, that means you can shoot it from further away. But it sounds like you're implying I could make it seem like it's coming from a different direction? Well, um, so, like, if you had a spell that was a touch spell mm-hmm. uh, with distance spell, um, you could now do it from 30 feet away. Where's it coming from? Yeah. Um, the subtle spell, you know, you, so you don't have to say or do anything to cast the spell, so... They can't see your lips moving or your hands moving to cast it. Um, both of those things would help sort of make it so you could sort of 
bluff around. Oh, I didn't. I didn't say anything. What? Some, someone's someone's talking. I don't know. I was definitely imagining a sort of like pseudo ventriloquist ruse to <laughs> really throw off your opponents. I like it. Yeah, you can do something like that. Um, yeah. What other ones did I talk about? Oh, so heightened and extended spells are good, um, but uh, we were we were talking, and in both of our opinion. Um, they're just a better choice for like when you're at level 10 and you get another, like they're secondary. They're, they're nice, but these other ones are like way better to start off with. Um, Cause like by the time you're casting spells um, where duration really matters and like you're going up against creatures who you really rather not make that save, those ones are going to help you out. Um, mm. Earlier on, the rest of the stuff's going to be a much, much zestier. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so uh, that's that's the breakdown of the class. We're looking at like some ideas on on characters in in pop culture and media that like could fall into the sorcerer class. Um, I had a lot of fun kind of bantering around with this. Um, you know, storm a storm sorcerer, duh, uh. obviously. Um, I thought. Uh, cloak and dagger would be pretty cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah mm, magic mm-hmm. and soul sorcerers that like have some sort of link together. Yeah, there's uh, symbiosis happening there. Yeah. Uh, Scarlet Witch and Doctor Fate would be wild magic sorcerers. Like Scarlet Witch is all about chaos magic and and uh, twisting fate, especially. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then I had I had a bit of trouble with the dragon sorcerer because yeah. not a lot of um, dragon heritage going on in 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 our pop culture. Mm. Yeah, um, the only the only one I could like think that was like a really solid connotation was the villains from Jackie Chan Adventures. Do you remember Jackie Chan Adventures? Oh, I yes. remember of it. Vividly. I don't think know that I ever watched it. I never watched Dearly. it. Jen Du and... Really? And oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Here and there, but I think it... I don't, wasn't it like a late 90s? It, it was. It yeah. was. It would have already been a, in high school. It also has Julian Sands as the bad guy, which I thought oh, wow. was the strangest get. <laughs> Jackie Chan Adventures is one of those eras where like... I had very limited tv so mm. there's like a two or three year block from like 98 to 2000 where i'm like i don't know i want to um, say that the character's design for the show was jeff masuda who also then followed up with the batman cartoon which followed yeah. the batman oh, nice. animated series you're right oh. which is why i always refer to it as bat chan <laughs> nice um for the dragon sorcerer what about a character like maleficent she, oh, she yeah. is a sorceress type, right? And she turns into and she turns into a dragon in the movie. So the implication could be made that <clears throat> you know that she derives her magic source from some sort of incident with a dragon, heart blood. She's Fae. She's born okay. with the magic instead of like studying it. Um, count you know, that's that's not, not a bad argument at all. Yeah. Oh wait, and I hey. thought of one too. Based on some of his abilities and one of his fatalities, Liu Kang could be a dragon sorcerer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
That's a good, that's a good one too. Uh, uh, Ace in the chat says uh, Sauron. Who? Suggests Sor- Sauron. So S- you know S A U R Sauron. I I always just sort of assumed he was a wizard and therefore like studied his craft. I did glance a thing that I'm not a. I'm not a Tolkien scholar, so I don't know. Where's Nat? So that, that's funny that you, he mentions that, though, because based off of, like, like the the wizards in in Tolkien are, like, actual weird, like, divine or, or, or you know, otherworldly beings. They, aren't, yeah. they wouldn't be wizards in D&D. They would be more sorcerers. So Gandalf would be closer to a sorcerer than a wizard. Someone well, else mentioned something that implied the same thing. Yeah, someone hmm. also mentioned the Dovahkiin from Skyrim, the dragon, the, the dragonborn. They the actually dragonborn. get their. Yeah, I I was gonna say uh, the there's the BBC series Merlin, and I feel that Merlin would fall into that category. That yeah, Merlin would. Um, I I also thought that while initially he would be considered probably more of a monk. The way that Iron Fist got his power was plunging his hands into the heart of a dragon. Mm-hmm. And that's very dragon sorcerer esque. Um, uh, really uh, getting down to like setting aside this specifically dragon part of it and more like what they're powers are like yeah they're generally um associated with elemental damage Mm -hmm. types um so like there's several x-men that could fall into that you know right yeah if you if you divorce the drag the specific dragon part uh as 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 the dragon sorcerers go up in level depending on what dragon your ancestor was you get like resistances and bonuses to uh you get like extra damage let's say you're a red you're you're Great grandfather was a red dragon, um, so they're tied with the element of fire. Any spells that you cast that deal fire damage now are more powerful. So, right. along that line, yeah. What were you going to say, Lindsay? Pyro, we're red yeah. dragon sorcerer. Yeah, pyro, pyro would be good. Um, yeah, uh, a lot of a lot of the blaster type X Men could be a pretty decent like dragon sorcerer template uh, with just a little bit removed like uh, a white dragon sorcerer white dragon does cold damage so like uh, ice man could <laughs> template for that you know who's not a sorcerer can it no claymore claymore's not a sorcerer claymore is not a sorcerer <laughs> no um doctor strange is not a sorcerer now I know that. Oh, all right. You must defend the sorcerer, this. The sorcerer supreme, but he studied for it, which makes him a wizard in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I I read uh, materials backing that argument as well. Yeah. So misnomer in the world of of D anD. I want to circle back real quick on the Dovahkin, and um, the thing with that though is like there isn't. As, as far as I as, as far as I'm aware, there aren't any like characters like 
that you can that you can base like the template off of. So like yes, the Dovahkin could be a good example of a dragon sorcerer, but like there's no there isn't a character because you're you're the you're the one you're the you know you're the yeah. Dovahkin, and so uh, as an example of like oh you could be, be like this character that's not there, but that right. is a very um, yeah, that, that's a very good point made that the Dovahkin would definitely be dragons, uh, dragon sorcerers, but in in terms of like creating a character based off of another character, there's no character to be based that off of. Right. I like um, I would definitely build a, uh, a yeah. dragonic magic sorcerer off of Maleficent. That'd be badass. And then not not yeah. dragon based, but by default, wouldn't like all Jedi be sorcerers? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. By default. Yeah. And all Sith, for that matter. Yeah, any yeah. Force user. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in, in uh, this Tasha's Guide, there might be a, a, a new soul that's like more that you could make a better Jedi than what's what options are here. Like, I wonder if uh, there's one that's called uh, the Clockwork Soul that was a mm-hmm. uh, unearthed arcana. That's all about like law and balance, hmm. uh, which is kind of a weird, like, kind of. It seems almost counterintuitive with like uh, a sorceress origin. It's like, oh yeah, or it's, it's the- or it's like the technocracy to jump over to White Wolf there for a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Sag in the chat is listing characters uh, from Avatar: The Last Airbender. Because uh, yeah, that, that's uh, a world where some people just happen to have these different elemental magics. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bender's... as well as other X Men, he's been pointing out as well. Yeah, boom, oh, boom. Yeah. Emma Frost, Pyro, Red, uh, Red Tornado. Not not uh, an X Man, but I may have to argue with Sack on Red Tornado. Yeah, Red Tornado isn't Red Tornado a robot? He's a he construct. Is. Yes, he is. He's, he's a construct that had an elemental put into him. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so technically, so Red uh, Tornado is technically a construct. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, oh. yeah, guys. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a Warforged sorcerer. Yeah, that mm-hmm. there you go. have a Warforged sorcerer that boiled uh, again. You know, perfect. perfect. Oh, I saw a list that included someone as an example of a Warforged. Oh, Iron Man. They were saying that Iron Man is technically a Warforged sorcerer. Yeah, I could, I could <laughs> see. I could see that argument made sure. I see it more as an artificer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's I, I don't really support That's, that one because it's all on it's there. all technology based. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the thing that keeps him alive is like different from the robot he body he uses to yeah. fight bad guys, but there's it's all still science based, not magic. Right. Sorcerer happens to be the only D and D character that I actually have. Oh. oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. What, what's your sorcerer character? I, I, and I really hope that she shows up again because I adore that character. I Everyone love adores her that to character. show back up again. Oh, um, great... You gotta start getting weekends off or something. <laughs> Who is she? What is she? Um, so she's a level three sorcerer. She is um, she has draconian background. Blue, uh, she's related to blue dragons. Alright. Um, All right. Uh, is also a noble. <laughs> Um, so comes from money, has money, um, a lot of money, a lot of money, and, <laughs> and dresses like she's got money. And um, her name is 
Aquafina. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lindsay. I I I didn't mean to time it that way, but that was really funny. <laughs> That's wonderful. And he plays that. her so she Oh my god. I mean she's yeah, just yeah. Nora from Queens. That's all she is. So <laughs> Um, what what uh, what metamask did you choose? Ah, uh, uh, I that I don't know. I don't remember, because I mean, it's been over a year since you got to join us. Like, yeah. So. Oh yeah, last June. Yeah, I, and yeah. we basically designed his character the ability to pop in and out because Aquafina is so loaded that no matter where they might be at, she could be like, "Guys, so good to see you again. I was just passing through." <laughs> That's you know, awesome. I was buying a new outfit. What are you doing? <laughs> and and a new, you know, house. Um, it's your nice. ability to compliment everyone that yep. really makes her great. You all still doing that save the world thing? <laughs> I want to get in on that. It'll look great for me. <laughs> uh, her cantrips are light, mage hand, minor illusion, and true strike. Okay. Um, her first level spells are Absorb Elements, Disguise Self, and Magic Missile. All right. Cool. Nice. That's Actually, great. she would have been driven nuts the last time we all got to play together. The party was trying very hard to scrounge up money to buy better armor. I could be like, what are you doing, guys? Like, here. I got this. <laughs> it's like, go three towns over. Talk to Deuteronomy. Trust me. You, you'll thank me later. I'll put essential. everything on my tab. <laughs> <laughs> no, put everything on my account. It, it wouldn't be a tab. She she has an yeah. account. Yeah, because right. I think during the build, when you have to have options about like your family background, it was just Aquafina is just loaded the yeah. whole way. <laughs> yeah, that was the whole thing. It, it, like the whole joke is she's just a crazy rich Asian yeah. sorceress. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, that's. Oh, I miss Aquafina. That character's so much fun. <laughs> I want to play with Aquafina. <laughs> you, re- you really do. Yep. <laughs> Wait, Lindsay, were you playing with us after Cable popped in? Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah. you never got to play with yeah, Aquafina. Yeah, Lindsay hasn't even had a year with us. No. Oh, gosh. No, it was COVID. Uh, it was Prime and Diana and one other dude. Chris. Oh. Chris, yes. Yeah, I started playing with you guys in December. And then COVID. God, that was like three years ago. Yeah. That was 600 years ago, yes. yes. We're all just becoming the old woman in the Titanic. It was 80 years ago, but I remember like it was yesterday. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. And our society is just that blue. It's just that's the heart. That's the entire society. Yep. She's just going to throw it off the edge of the ship at the end. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh well, and that's that's sorcerers, guys. We did it. There we hey, go. That was awesome. Thank you. Is there a? I'm trying to remember. I thought I saw it. Maybe it was just one of their like online stuff that they were testing one. But is there a sorcerer that has a background of like the far realm, which is basically Lovecraftian? I thought I saw it. Yes, yes I think so. Uh, let me let me double check real quick. Um, I feel like there was a like an aberrant origin or something. Yeah, I always kind of wanted to play one and base them on base them on Brad Pitt from 12 Monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> Just so I could do this a lot while I'm playing. 
Oh man, that would be annoying. I mean, yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, the the aberrant mind sorcerer. Yeah. yeah. Um, Lindsay, you yeah, don't know that's... annoying. You never had to play it with two dwarves with Valstoic and uh, Denise. What was Chris's dwarf? Oh. <laughs> oh my God, I'm not gonna remember it. It was something with a B. Yeah. I've played with some annoying We characters. literally took credit for everything. Granted, oh. we did most of the winning. So, yeah. What? Yeah, that's, that's true. That's I, not true, I, me. Valstow, no. That's your, that's your character. That's name. me. Uh, I played with, with my with, beautiful erotic velvet painting that sat inside our main oh, hall. Oh, God. Of a new dwarf. It's art. High art. The beard covers most of the bits. It's fine. Not on this one. She had them perfectly braided. Held, held it aside? Oh, no. It was like a snake wrapping around her body. It was locked. Oh, my God. <laughs> you guys did not do most of the work. Okay. You tell yourself that. I even had a slogan. Huh? So Chris and I even had a slogan about how awesome we were at, you know, killing bad guys. I say they did most of the work. I heard say they do most of the winning. Oh, yeah. All the winning. Also not true. <laughs> it was awkward because we started calling ourselves the fist. That was the whole team. And every time we succeeded, we're like, you've been fisted. <laughs> well, because there was five of us. That's why we were called the fist. Mm-hmm. Of course. Of course. Yeah. That's the logical. <laughs> Stabby baby Wait, was the I pinky. The science. Stabby baby was the yeah, that was uh, that was my character's nickname. Oh, Stabby Baby. Baby. Yes. Well, because we found her in jail. She played a halfling, and she was sticking her little hand out from under. And I'm like, someone's locked away a baby. Who locks up Liter- a baby? Literally from day one, my character was the baby. <laughs> a baby at it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And this baby alchemist. had her own alternate realm. That is true. You did get to become kind of a demigod. I, I jumped in the fountain. That's true. <laughs> I love conversations about... Uh, <laughs> Stuff that happened in other people's campaigns. <laughs> because it has... You, you end up, like, apropos of nothing. I jumped into the fountain. I became a demigod. Like... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny, like, because of, like, Facebook memories and stuff, I'm getting stuff from years ago now because we would usually like write up conversations. We just got the one where Valstog accidentally blew up the one guy's son. <laughs> we were sent to rescue him. You we blew were sent- him up? Well, okay. We were sent to rescue him. He was being controlled or whatever. And I accidentally rolled a nat 20 on one of my bombs because I was an alchemist. It's Pathfinder, so. Yeah. Okay. And so just like and- a gentle beating. <laughs> a gentle beating <laughs> literally... <laughs> blew his head off so we were trying to figure out like how to return the body without getting in trouble and diana played a very high-born elf who was my friend of me forever and she's like i don't know what to do what are we going to tell him i was like let's tell him we found him that way he's not going (laughs) to believe that i'm like wait a minute you're with us let's tell him that he died of elven cancer she's like that's not a real thing i was like yep that's it elven cancer that's what we're going to tell him Well, elves are so much longer lived that uh, it just it's it just tears through a human body. It's terrifying. Yeah, actually, 
Yep. See? <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> Metastasize is so... Oh, no. Oh, no. That's awful. I feel bad. <laughs> you should feel bad. Jeez. Uh, I forgot what all our characters ended up doing at the end. Well, I went back to the drunken monkey to run my bar. That had a fire giant as a bouncer. <laughs> I don't remember what my character what you did. The fire giant to make him be. So we ran into a fire giant who was guarding an area, and it's clearly meant to be a big fight. And I was like, "What if we could convince?" Like, and finally, we like we had a little bit of banter with him, and finally, I was like, "Why are you here?" I'm I'm under the employ of the the, the shackle lords or whatever, and I, I was like, "How much they paying you?" And then we started rolling like diplomacy and I'm bantering back and forth. And like, I rolled really high and I was like, I run a bar called Drunken Monkey. It's the best bar in the realms. What if I could pay you more and you don't have to deal with adventurers? So yeah, eventually he, <laughs> we didn't fight him. He literally is like, all right, it's a good deal. And he's, he's the bouncer of the Drunken Monkey now. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. That's yeah. good. Cool. Because who, who in their right mind is going to flex on a giant? Exactly. Yeah. Well, and also you have to watch out. Our bartender uh, once a month turns into a were-baboon at the Drunken Monkey because he was a player who ended up leaving our group. Uh-huh. Oh. Baboon. Shanks. That guy. Yeah. Which is why it's called the Drunken Monkey. No, it was always called that. Yeah, because it, it had a baboon. It had a central area that had a bunch of baboons in it. Well, that's how we found it. No, Shanks was Shanks was a player that Denise never got to meet, and he yeah, that's literally before my time. Yeah, so he played a rogue, but he played the kind of rogue that didn't do any distance fighting. He was like a street brawler, and he was always he was getting beat up so much that whenever we felt Diana's character, her cleric, whenever we felt healing energy, we're like, "Oh no, Shanks is in a fight!" Like that's how we knew when we felt healing energy around. Like, "Oh, Shanks fighting." Um. And everything he defeated was a dragon. Everywhere he went. Yeah. <laughs> he got to ladies, he's like, he's like, oh, have you know, I, this scar here, fought a dragon. This one, dragon. Dragon. <laughs> you know where I got this leather tunic? Dragon. <laughs> it was a weird group. No, as, all, as all good D&D parties are. Yes, yes. Absolutely. Uh... Well, man, we still got about 15 minutes if people want to, what do you want to do? How's it going? Everybody? I, I thought we were doing this. All right. No, any good jokes? Hang it out. <laughs> be cool, guys. Cable, anything to add? I, I feel, I don't want to bring down the room, but I feel like we ought to acknowledge the, the passing of Chadwick Boseman. Oh, oh well. Yeah. Right. God damn it, Cable. You're right. I, I know. I'm sorry. I should have brought oh, this up no. earlier. I actually meant to ask you guys before the show if we wanted to talk. All about right, it. let me get my glass. I can pour myself something stronger. Hold on. <laughs> I'm all out. Yeah, I, I drank all my drinks. Hold on. Well, if he's getting up, I'll, I have time, too. All right. All right. I'll, I'll get us some, something to drink, Lindsay. Yeah. I, I like it. how we have 15 minutes left to show. Everyone gets up. <laughs> you know. Now it's the Cable and Gutter show. <laughs> the fact that I keep this glass in the freezer downstairs in, is in no way um, an example of me having a problem. 
no no way indicative of That's you having meant. any indicative. sort of problem. The fact that I couldn't remember the word indicative might actually be indicative that I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not like you're a writer for a living. Oh, oh my God. I just watched 1408 again yesterday and it has that line that I love so much. What line? It's when John Cusack is talking with Samuel Jackson and Samuel Jackson's like, would you like a cigar? And he's like, no, no, I'm, he's like, I'm a, he's like, no, I just keep this here for a habit thing. He's like, you know, just as a writer, I, it's, a, it's a weird habit. And then Samuel Jackson like shows him this thing of like whiskey. He says, you do drink, don't you? And he says, yeah, I said I was a writer, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, hi, Irma. How are you? So, yeah, Chadwick Boseman passed away two, three days ago. Forty-three. Yeah, fucking crazy man. young. Um, uh, get 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 tested. Get screened whenever you can. That's an example. Don't wait until you're the recommended age. If you can get. That's well, here's it, the thing that's weird is, um, I think the recommendation used to be. It was fifty, wasn't it? Fifty, and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these days, they say, uh, well, doctors will tell you, if you're not experiencing any issues, you're fine to wait until for, until you're 60. Mm-hmm. So they've actually been pushing it further out as the recommended time to get tested. So, so we, will, we also have a climate, especially among men, who will have something wrong with them and they'll just go, yeah, I'm sure it's nothing. Yeah, it's true. We, if there was one perk to be growing up a sickly kid, I do not have that at all. If I feel mm. something wrong, I'm like, all right, all right, let's go look at it. What's what's going on? I I am I am very able bodied and have a strong immune system and do exactly that. Um and should have been getting tested regularly already. Um <laughs> but I haven't been because I'm an asshole. So from what I've seen, it's a huge hassle to get this done. I mean, like, aside from the discomfort of the actual examination, it's like a 48-hour prep window. So so I strained my kidney when I was, like, uh, 17 years old. And so my first, um, uh, what do they they call this? Uh, Medical stuff? Thank you. Rectal examination. I had to have a rectal examination because they had to feel around in there and make sure nothing else was wrong with me. Damaged? Yep. I lifted something that I shouldn't have lifted and then pissed blood. And I'm ah! like, like, well, that's that's not right. But it turned out I just strained my kidney rather than ruptured anything. Um, that's good. But yeah, so like I already know... like. Like, well, this is a strange sensation. Um, it, it's just gotten around to, I have never set up time to, like, I think my last physical was when I was 36. Oh, yeah, you're due. I'm 49. I, uh, yeah. I'm over. You should definitely do it. Yep. I'm um, a, disappointed. Yeah. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. That's, that's worse. <laughs> Which is almost worse from Denise. Yes. Um, it is when worse. she's mad, she just gets it out of her system and you can do a hard reset. And when she's disappointed, that will go on for mm-hmm. years. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Piss me off. Okay, we'll probably get over it. Let me down. 
but anyway, that yes, that's exactly what uh, Bozeman's passing uh, should teach men. Yeah, uh, everywhere. I, uh, so he so, was diagnosed in 2016. Um, yeah, I think it's while they were filming Black Panther, right? Was when mm-hmm. he found out. Yeah, uh, I believe he's filmed. He filmed Civil War, Black Panther, um, Infinity War, and Endgame. Yep. While being treated. Right. Yeah. Yep. yeah. As well as the uh, other movies that he did during that time period. Yeah. 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 I um, I probably wouldn't be as proactive in testing. I have to take uh, an injection every two weeks. Um, I've never made it like a big secret. My body does not produce testosterone like at all. So like every two weeks, I have to take an injection, and I likely will forever. The one danger to that being is that that increases your chances of colon and prostate cancer. So every two years, I have to get a check. Mm. Like every two years now, the doctor's like, all right, let's run screenings on both because the the injections are good for your health because they balance your body out. There's all kinds of reasons why I need to have it. But it comes with a, you know, comes with a potential drawback. And thankfully, knock on wood, I've been well within the safe range since I've had to do this. But, you know. I'm sure there's other shit that I'm like, I don't want to test that. I don't know, but I'm going to get bad news. Um, on like, as someone who spent many years without, uh, health, active health insurance, um, I just feel like we, like culturally we push ourselves, uh, to like work through whatever sort of like physical stuff we have going on Mm -hmm. and, uh, like just don't prioritize health. And then, you know, if you don't have financial access to uh, even just preventative care, um, just like so much shit can be wrong with you and you don't even know it. Uh, I'm of the opinion that like, if you have the financial resources, if you're in a place where you like, oh, okay, I've got a good job with good insurance, but I'm too busy because my work is so stressful. No, you got to make that time. You have to make the time while you have the opportunity and the resources because uh, the way our society is built, you don't always have those resources. Right. And also, health insurance should be universal and not tied to your employer. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I didn't mean to laugh, Denise, when you were saying something serious, but as always, SAC hits us hard with, you've got to take some pills to trigger an eruption on Mount Dew before they can throw the one ring length eye up the eye of Sauron. Yeah. SAC, you're a, SAC, you're a monster. He's aware. <laughs> but that's, what we, lo- that's what we mm. love about him. He knows it. Yep. Sack's a monster, and, and, and Norm is the gift sniper. <laughs> uh, I do appreciate that he, he wrote in, Flex on Giants is the name of my all Kitar Stevie Ray Vaughn cover band. I missed that Damn one. But, Would it be uh, wrong if we just gave Norm and Sack their own show, or that just dissolve into chaos like immediately? There's only one way to find out. <laughs> chaos, but I feel like it would be watchable chaos for at least one episode. Maybe yeah. make it a special, like y'all can go on vacation and just set them up. Well, for- guess what, Lindsay? <laughs> we are going on vacation. There's this is not true. gonna be a, there's not gonna be a show next. Oh, week. okay, yeah. We haven't explained this, have we? No. So uh this uh Why this would we weekend... explain ourselves? <laughs> Why would we explain this weekend Geek in the City is going on a small retreat mm-hmm. uh to, you know, enjoy one another's company for the first time in seven months. Right, yeah. And uh 
I will and randomly just... see Denise on my porch like once every two months. Basically. And, and I have seen Denise once and Aaron a handful of times. But you're at work. At Guardian Games. Yeah. Yes. Hardly counts. Hardly counts. So we're we're taking a little show retreat and, and we'll probably, you know, plan some stuff for the future while we're at it. Uh, but that we're, means that we are going to be in uh, travel recovery mode come next Tuesday. So there will not be a show one week from today. Right. Mm-hmm. Although no promises, we might record ourselves playing board games while we're there. Oh, this is very true. That was supposed to be a secret surprise. Oh. Well, it also may not, because we also may just be completely schnockered on whiskey and stout and pass out by 6 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Oh. Which would also up. be a perfectly acceptable way to spend the retreat. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. So, you know. Treat yourselves. There's a chance. Oh, yeah. Treat yourselves. Also uh, part of it, since Cape was really bad at birthdays, this was also part of his birthday present. Oh. I'm not really bad at birthdays. I only celebrate them every 11 years. Yeah, well, I refuse that. I will celebrate it every year. Yeah, he doesn't then, agree with your system, which, which is why he says you're bad which at Which is it. totally fine. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're forcing you. We're forcing yeah, you to right enjoy. Yep. Yeah, no, my next birthday party will be uh, when I turn 55. Which why did be... you pick that arbitrary number? Why did you pick 11 years? Uh, I was turning 33. Okay. And I like the idea of double-digit birthdays. So it's like, oh. I'm going to do this again. When, like, I went all out. I, like, had all-you-can-eat sushi, uh, went dancing, just so it's what? ran around town just being a, a general idiot. And, like, this was a lot of fun. I should do this every 11 so, years because that way it becomes more special, more so important. So it's 33, and then it would have been? 44. 44, and then it'll yep. be, oh, 50, 55, right? 55. Well, that's 10 years. No, it's 11. 44 to 55 is 11. Yes. Oh, to 55. I'm sorry. Right. Yep. It's, it's double and digits. 66, Every time he's double digits. 77, three, three, four, 88. Four, five, five. And then yep. you, and then you, we finish your ritual and you become a lich. <laughs> yes, that's when that happens. I was going to say that the real difference. <laughs> we know his phylactery is a minifig. <laughs> yes, but which one? I'm not telling. I like him. <laughs> today, <laughs> today. Um, it's okay. a Lego quick brick. question if we all had to have a phylactery what would it be oh geez I need a moment oh, I, I, I know the answer to this Yeah, the map to find my phylactery mm, clever because no, no one would destroy that clever girl I, I don't know what mine would be but I know I would keep it in a um, safety deposit box in a Swiss bank account because idea. fuck leaving in a volcano guarded by a dragon. People get past that all the goddamn time. They don't get past. <laughs> you no. could do what a DM did that I was in an epic level campaign, and uh, he had trapped a terrasque inside the phylactery. So mm. when you shattered it, guess what happens? Good times. Hmm. It was literally mm-hmm. like, you might kill me, but I'm bringing the whole world down with it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. I would probably make mine um, a just a really generic looking stone and then just put it out in the yard somewhere. <laughs> or on a riverbed. Somewhere yeah. in this rocket garden. Like oh, one of those hide-a-keys? <laughs> yeah. 
It's like a really nice. long river, but it's on it along a riverbank outside of my lair. Right. Hide the keys. <laughs> All right, Bean, what do you think yours would be? Um, you know what? I would put hide mine in plain sight. It would be a portrait of like my Caucasian doppelganger, except for um they would they would be visibly older than me, even though it's my doppelganger. Well, it's because they're white. Exactly. They're always gonna look older than you. Because I'll never I'll never not think about the fact that uh, Hispanics are just genetically about three years physically younger in their visage. Uh, as their Caucasian counterparts. So they'd be like, Jorge and Gray? I don't know. <laughs> well, it, it would be a woman, so it would have to be like Juanita Gray. Juanita Gray. That's a porn name. Or it could be Dolores Gray. Dolores Gray. That's a good name. That is yeah. a good one. Yeah. Cable, what or... about Wong? Go ahead. Hmm? No, go ahead. Cable, would you, do you have one you could think of? I I really don't. Yeah. I don't know. Also, I wouldn't give that away. Why? Yeah, as I was saying, you all fools. It's my philatry. I'm not telling you what it is. <laughs> Jackasses. You didn't see Voldemort going around telling where all the horcruxes were. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Well, this is a good place to end it. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. No new show next week. So, mm-hmm. we'll be back the week after that. Don't know what we're doing. Uh, maybe will. I'll hit up to Greg because I know he wants to kind of oh, make yeah. up for that. Oh yeah, time. we missed him. We missed him recently. So yeah. uh, we also have. Um, did I miss this? By the way, we did this fun morning? Trek stuff. No, we didn't. We didn't do that. We didn't. Do that. We, we can save it till the end. Yeah, you can save it till the end. Um, I have nothing, Greg. Um, yeah, so some Trek fashion news to play with. Sometime in October. Oh, yeah, we do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I am excited. That's also, guarantees. If, yeah, mm-hmm. if you uh, if you're into that sort of thing, you should probably pay attention to uh, virtual online goings on for Dragon Con this year, because um, there is no real Dragon Con. But that's this coming weekend, huh? Labor Day. Weekend. Yes, it is Labor yeah. Day weekend. Uh, yeah. Virtual Dragon Con. I have no. It, it's Labor Day weekend is always Dragon Con and Burning Man. Oh, and also it used to be is. also All used to be Rose City. Still here, was it? One yeah, at a time. Okay. <laughs> okay, Cable, you first. Uh, I was just remarking that since there's no Burning Man, that's why all of these people are still in town. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Like right. usually there's like one eighth of Portland disappears. Um, in the week leading up to uh, Burning Man, because right, they all start right. traveling. Um, and also, well, we already missed the Oregon Country Fair, huh? Right, mm-hmm. almost certainly. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, yeah. Keep an eye on DragonCon stuff. Mm-hmm. It would be a good thing to take a voyage on. Mm. Wink. <laughs> what? Uh, are we gonna do a quick little toast for those who have stuff? Yeah, mm-hmm. who's uh, who's to going our, to our to our king? Yep. Shala. Wakanda. Wakanda forever. I don't think he drank. Okay. 
Well, with that all being said, uh, I'm Aaron Duran. I'm Dean Rita. And I'm Cable Hashtani. They have been Greg and Lindsay. They sure have. Uh, (laughs) We'll talk to everybody next week. Not next week. Not next week. Donate to the Black Resilience Fund. Yeah, we'll talk to everybody in the same amount of time our Schwarzenegger goes to Mars. Two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to end with that.